Welcome to Powerless to Powerful. This is the Great Awakening of the Masculine Soul, Chapter 10, the Phase 2 T Transformation. All right, we're fixing to get into some important stuff here. So let me warn you, this is one of the longest chapters and is full of information. When I make the statement that there is a lot more for me to do than just don't use and go to a meeting, my journey through Phase 1 is where I begin to realize this. When I did my personal inventory in Step 4 and shared that with another man in Step 5, two very important things happened. First, I was able to see that my defects of character were choices I made, so I just had to make better choices. Second, and thank you Mike M for helping me see this, my personal inventory wasn't just the bad stuff. It contained some good stuff too. When I was in treatment in 1999, my counselor James L had me do a little exercise. He had me go to the chapter and write out the 10 attributes of the man I aspired to be. He also told me that when I got stuck, sit still and listen to God. So I did that. Pen and paper, I sat and listened to God and came up with my list. Next, he had me share that list with my group the following day. I was so proud of that list, I put down all the things that I wanted as a man, a husband, a father, a son, a brother, a friend, and a businessman. I actually had written down 11 being the overachiever I wanted everyone to think I was. I got done sharing that list with my group, and James asked me one profound question. Mark, what are you doing to be that guy? That question just floored me because I knew the answer. I thought, my whole life is a lie. The way I act is not how I aspire to be. The phase 2T is transformation. The definition of transformation is a thorough and dramatic change. In our discussion thus far, you have heard me use the word process. Out of all of the extremely important words that are part of the makeup of a successful life on the positive side of addiction, process is among the most important to understand. Everything is a process. A process is a series of actions or steps to achieve a particular end. The particular end means I have a purpose. My purpose in phase one is to take a series of actions or steps to build a solid foundation of sustained physical abstinence. This begins a dramatic change in my body, my mind, and my spirit. Phase two begins the thorough part. Being thorough means complete with regard to every detail. I just wanted the pain of active addiction to go away. Complete with regard to every detail required me to take an honest look at everything else. I am constantly reminded of the phrase, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, they will always materialize if I work for them. This is the process of my transformation that requires me to be thorough. If I fix the physical abstinence thing, but I don't fix the mental and the spiritual thing, I have completely missed what recovery promises me. When I did that little exercise in treatment I just told you about in work steps four through nine, it became apparent to me I had a problem with the way I was living. So how did I fix it? First, let me tell you, I'm still in the process. Not everything is perfect, but it's a whole lot better. I am definitely not the man I used to be and a whole lot closer to the man I aspire to be. Second, and this is what began my phase two transformation, I started applying one day at a time to everything else. Here's what I figured out. I have mentioned several times this recovery thing had to work for me. I view this as a life and death scenario. If I do that third step correctly, where I turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand him, and he shows me a path to deal with this addiction thing, and it works, why wouldn't I apply that same level of thought and action to everything else? 
Notice here I didn't say God fixed it. I said he shows me the path. God isn't going to do this for me. My transformation is up to me. He puts the right people, the right circumstances, the right information in front of me when I become problem-aware, solution-focused, and willing to act. So here are the eight areas I focused on. Again, I call these the eight points circle of life. Number one, personal growth. The personal development and self-help industry has grown by leaps and bounds over the last 19 years I have spent on the positive side of addiction. The process of building a successful life in recovery is the ultimate personal growth platform. What I have learned and have taught now for more than 17 years is the principle of learned optimism. We live in a world that is full of learned helplessness. Unfortunately, many who adopt this, the problem is always me. I have this disease. If I only got what I deserved, I'm just an addict. I don't have any expectations. I'm just grateful I didn't use today. Level of thought and action will never raise their awareness to the new possibilities of abundance that is available to them. Success rates for men in recovery are just like success rates in everything else, extremely low. Why? Here's the deal. Let's just call it what it is. Few are willing to pay the price. When a man I am working with says, I want what you got, my answer is always, be willing to do what I do. Listen, this isn't complicated. The same information that has been available to me over the last 19 years was available to the guy who relapsed until he died. The same information is available to you. My job is to help you compress time and get it quicker than I did. Have I arrived? Hardly. The more I learn, the more I realize there is to learn. Personal growth is a game of personal responsibility. Your masculine soul is worth fighting for. You must accept the fact that God created you powerful. This is your self-worth. Then you must go about building a positive self-image that is the reflection of your value. Your value to the world, to your community, to your family and friends will never reach its full potential until you value yourself. Accepting your powerful self-worth is the great awakening of the masculine soul. Transforming your self-image is your personal responsibility and recovery. Success is the process of incremental positive change. Incremental positive change is the result of learning to attach positive emotions to the results I want and transforming my thoughts and actions to make those results a reality. Number two is relationships. In phase one, chapter three, you and I discussed relationships. We kept it simple, right? Three levels of relationship, negative, neutral, and positive. Spend less time around some people and more time around others. Pretty simple, pretty effective. In the next chapter, we are also going into relationships in greater detail. Here, I want to tell you one thing I had to learn, and man, it hurt when I did. Up until I made it to recovery, everything in my life was a big deal. It was either a good big deal, and my ego wanted you to see how great I was, or it was a bad big deal, and guess what? That was always somebody else's fault. If it worked, it was me. If it failed, it was someone else. And this applied to everything. My struggles in my marriage was her fault. A bad business deal was his fault. I blame my addiction on lots of people, too. Blame is a game of learned helplessness, a totally powerless proposition for positive results. The exact opposite of blame is personal responsibility. 
God didn't put me on this earth to always make right decisions, but he did put me here to make a decision, and if it doesn't turn out right, make it right. I'm still in the process over 19 years later of taking personal responsibility to make things right. The one thing I had to learn about relationships is that if I want to be in the right one, it wasn't up to me to find the right one, but to be the right guy. And that applies to every relationship. Now listen, this is not the place where I say all my fault or all my success. I have done and am still doing the work on me to take personal responsibility for my stuff. I carry the consequences of failed relationships, but I have a powerful self-worth and an improving self-image that I don't own anyone else's stuff. We come to recovery and identify ourselves with some problems. We adopt a learned helplessness that we in these rooms have a problem and everyone out there is normal. Let me let you in on a little secret. They are screwed up too. Everybody has something they're struggling with. Two imperfect people brought together won't make a perfect relationship. There is no perfect. But in order to be in the right relationship, I have to focus on being the right guy. We are broken people traveling on broken roads. I must put God at the center of my relationships and take personal responsibility for transforming myself into the right guy. Number three, finances. Wow, right? I'm not qualified to give anyone financial advice. Somehow I learned how to make a lot of money, but that didn't translate on how to have or keep a lot of money. This book is not about teaching you about your personal finances. I know a great many of us come to recovery in a bad financial place. I know I did. And for me, two years in, it got worse. Divorce and bankruptcy happened. But here's what I know. And it's back to that one day at a time thing. If I want different results, I have to make different choices. I know for me, the career I had chosen had to change. I know for me, I had to transform the way I thought about my finances. They were just like my alcohol and drug use. I'll deal with it tomorrow, right? I had to adopt the concept that better decisions bring about better results. There is no way I could fix my financial issues as fast as I wanted to, but I also realized I would never fix them if I didn't begin at some point. As with anything else, success begins with taking the first step. Results happen when I make progress in the process. My first sponsor told me that I could fill the hole in the same way I dug it, a shovel full at a time. He was right. Number four, physical wellness. The disease of addiction is one of body, mind, and spirit. You've heard me say that a number of times. The solutions of recovery must also be of body, mind, and spirit. I know for me, my active addiction was really taking a toll on my body. I was in constant pain, the consequences of a body overloaded with pills and booze. As a certified health coach today, I have always helped men realize the path to good health is also a process. We can't go back and fix all the bad choices we made regarding our health. We can't go back and fix the choices of misplaced priorities and neglect when it comes to our physical health. We can't make a better past, but we can begin today creating a better future. Here is what I decided, and I hope you decide this too. If I wasn't going to let active addiction kill me, I wasn't going to let the bad health choices in other areas kill me either. I quit smokeless tobacco six months in and have remained physically abstinent from that too. But let me scare you a little. 
I have watched several people I love and cared about deeply die in recovery because of the abuse they put their bodies through in active addiction. Number one, it's heartbreaking for somebody to finally give up their addiction for the, for the disease to kill them in recovery. You must care enough about the temple that houses your spirit to take care of it. Remember, phase one is the addition by subtraction phase. Your physical health improves because you quit doing a few things. Phase two is the addition by addition phase. Physical wellness is the result of being proactive with your health. Number five, mental clarity. A short bit ago, you listened to me tell you about the exercise my counselor had me do while I was in treatment. In his instructions to me, he said, sit still and listen to God. This had such a powerful impact on me then, and it still does today. This was such a powerful experience for me. It was my first go at meditation, and I never realized it until some time later. It was the first time in who knows how long that I emptied my mind of all of the chaotic thoughts I was having. Mental clarity is the result of several things. Meditation helps. It helped me then and today as I have made it one of my positive addictions. I have learned to control my thoughts and not be held hostage by them. I keep meditation like I do everything else simple. For me, meditation is not the absence of thought. It's controlling thought. It is where I can sit still and learn the difference between truth and illusion. I didn't write this book to be a lesson on, in meditation. I can meditate and listen to God anywhere I choose. I spend time every morning when I wake and every night before I go to bed. I meditate when I'm riding on my tractor, when I exercise in any number of places that I calm my mind and listen. Mental clarity is also the result of doing the right things. Learning to tell and live in the truth brings about mental clarity and relieves mental anguish. The disease of addiction being a disease of the mind as well as the body and spirit has us living in the world of illusion. I know for me, I had to tell five lies to cover up one. The per perpetual game of hide and seek in addiction is mentally exhausting. Learning to live a principle-based life in recovery gets rid of the games and has us living in peace, not panic. Having to remember all the lies we tell will create a chaotic thought process that is just awful. Peace for me was the result of going to meetings and working the steps in phase one. Continued peace for me means I am making the right decisions in other areas of my life as well. Want to drive yourself crazy in recovery? Know the right thing to do and don't do it. Keep lying, keep playing the games, keep the addic addictive thought process, and you may stay clean and miserable. Number six, I could write an entire book about nutrition for men in recovery. In my programs, I constantly help men focus on all three aspects, body, mind, and spirit. Which one is the most important? The answer is yes. Remember back to my story about the countless number of men I witnessed coming into a meeting, talking about how crazy they are. After three huge cups of caffeine, a pack of nicotine, and a belly full of food additives, no wonder, right? When I am doing coaching sessions with men and they say, Mark, man, I just feel crazy today, I have them immediately play back what they have consumed for their nutrition first. If a guy drinks coffee and energy drinks and doesn't have enough clean, pure water for hydration, that's where we start. Are you taking medication for your allergies? Have you had plenty of protein, some vegetables and fruit? As kids, we heard you are what you eat. What are you today? Does it matter? 
not just yes, but hell yes, it matters. Understand this. When we put down our addiction, our body goes through all kinds of physical and emotional changes. So five cups of coffee in recovery will have a different effect on you than five cups of coffee did in active addiction. Now listen, I'm a guy, I'm a meat and potatoes guy, but the fact is my nutrition in all phases of my recovery matters. It took me some time to create the pivot points necessary to learn to live right and eat right, and again, it's a process. Phase two is the transformation phase. Everything is in transition. Everything is a process. Know that there is only one thing that matters, all of it. Number seven is recreation. All work and no play makes Mark a dull boy. When Mark is a dull boy, his mind tells him active addiction is a good idea. I was addicted to booze and pills. I was addicted to many things, uh, many other things too. None more corrosive to the life I wanted to live than work. I was addicted to busyness. I was addicted to complexity. I had to work long hours that kept me away from my family. I traded all that for an addiction to effectiveness. We as men are consumed with an ego attached to hard work. I get it. I spent years in the construction business addicted to adrenaline rushes and the game of the next big deal. I love to work on my farm and get dirt under my fingernails. What I learned as I transformed my life in phase two of my recovery was that releasing this working hard, working long ego and replacing it with working effective was a better choice. Now, don't get me wrong. I still have to work hard. I, I, my ego and my self-image is not attached to it. I still have bills to pay and still have to generate an income. The transformation for me began early on when I realized that my career was a source of my addiction. I drank and drugged myself to sleep because I had gotten to a point where my career consumed me. I let it ruin my marriage, and it was going to ruin my ability to be the number one influence in the lives of my kids. I had bills to pay, but God put me on this earth to be a really good father. When I transformed my thinking, I realigned my priorities. When I realigned my priorities, I realized that I could create a harmony between spending time doing the things in life that make it fun with the ones I love and my career. I actually could have them both. I need time to recharge my batteries. So do you. I had a tough time admitting that my addiction to work covered up my fear of being a husband and a father. That was a biggie for me. I hid behind work, and I can also hide behind my recovery. In phase two, I learned that sometimes I need to spend time with my kids instead of going to a meeting. I need to take the love of my life to dinner. All of this is about recreation, but it positively affects the relationships I have with the ones who matter most. Again, it all matters. Number eight is spiritual connection. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of anyone, you got it, working these steps. There is no coincidence in the way I lay out my programs. It begins with personal growth and ends with spiritual connection. But guess what? That's not the end. Spiritual connection leads me to the desire for more personal growth. This is a circular journey. The end leads to new beginnings. Spiritual connection for me begins with my acceptance of the powerful self-worth God gave me when I was created. Spiritual connection continues for me as I build a positive, powerful self-image and through a process become the best version of me I can be. Whether you know it or not, God's will for you is the same as 
God's will for you is the same as your will for you. God's will for me is perfect happiness. My ever-expanding relationship with the God of my understanding and the God beyond my understanding had me realizing that all along this journey, I have, I have been in a fight with God. He is trying to provide me a life of abundance and perfect happiness, and I've been doing my part to keep it from happening. Not intentionally, but it was my doing nonetheless. Every man that has ever been born has a purpose. Your number one purpose in life is the same as mine. My number one purpose in life is to find my number one purpose. When I turn my will and my life over to a power greater than me, I have to find a harmony with that power. My struggles and failures in my previous careers have led me to what I do today. I thought my tombstone was supposed to read the greatest real estate developer and general contractor ever. God had a different plan. I like his plan better. I love creating resources to help men where I was. I was problem aware, solution focused, and willing to act. Today I know God's purpose for me is my purpose for me too. It's both powerful and humbling as well.